Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Live from Estopin All In. It's the Bamos Morados Podcast. Powered by the state of Louisville. Welcome to another episode of the Vamos Morados Podcast. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, my name is Benton Newman. Find me on Twitter at PurpleSDF. And my name is Zach Allen Kelly. You can find me on Twitter at Zach W. Allen. This is the Vamos Morados Playoff Edition Podcast. So we get to talk about round one. Very excited about that. I love the postseason. Ah, I mean, I, I love it. It's like physically painful for me. I, it's been a while because like with, with the, <laughs> uh, with coronavirus, I didn't get to actually attend any playoff games last year. And so it's been like over a year since the last time I was at a playoff game. I had forgot like how much it just racks my nerves. Yes. I was the exact same way. It's a, it's just the, it's a totally different like atmosphere and, and field of things. And, and that and game I, especially I love it. was yeah. tense. Mm-hmm. I, I felt confident going in, but at the same time nervous. I feel like I say that a lot, but like, I'm like, we, we can win. We should win, but like, it's not going to be like a walk in the park. You know, I was feeling just fine until literally the moment the kickoff happened and then all the nerves set in. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, well, let's let's dive in and then and talk about the match. So we uh, we took on the Miami FC. I hate how they have that pretentious the with it. Kind of like the Ohio State stuff. Sorry if I you're mean, an Ohio State fan. They say the Miami FC. Everything I look at online just has them listed as Miami FC. I don't know how official that is. Yeah, I don't know. But either way, the fact that used it all is just kind of like. Anyway, uh, so, I have been looking forward to playing this team. Yeah, I was because really they're like we play them. They're like the fun kind of obnoxious that you want to play and beat. And I think it's good to have them in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, and then the, I mean, the very obvious thing, the Louisville city connection, they have Richie Ballard, Devin Speedy Williams and Mr. Paco Craig, which I, I guess, I mean, I guess I've been living under a rock, but I didn't realize there was a bit of a rift with uh, Paco's departure. I've not yet listened to the, the podcast, but apparently he uh, he burned a few bridges on his way out and recorded some podcasts about that. And I totally was unaware of that. So, yeah, he was pretty loose in the, he had a I don't remember what podcast it was. Um, I was but, somebody shared it to me last night. And so I, I'm going to I'm going to go back. Was it and, and listen three to honest it. lads? I don't remember. But yeah. it, was, it was something like that. But I'm going to go find it. But he was a guest on a pod after he left and and was pretty 
pretty loose <laughs> in the interview and was not yeah it, <laughs> so that's did not, that, it was not diplomatic about the way he left yeah i mean without hearing i mean i don't need to hear it but it kind of changed my changes my opinion of him because he was one of the people I was happy to see back and would have liked to have had back but that's very clear now that that's never going to happen oh <laughs> yeah um <laughs> made extra clear so uh i don't know how uh, you stick around for the interviews so you were in the stadium for a while did you catch the, i heard it yeah i know you you're catch talking about the walkout music at the end of the game so for those for those unfamiliar paco craig's father is somebody's name who i don't know who was in the band culture club he's the bass player for culture club before my time um and apparently upon winning they queued up a culture club song as a uh I mean, they put a little they, bit of a jab. They they queued up. Do you really want to hurt me? Do you want to make me cry? Which like not just any culture club song, like a pretty yeah. Uh, it was uh, it it, <laughs> it, it was very it was it was catty in a way that I very much love from the the media department. <laughs> Some great attention to detail. Yeah. <laughs> so. We got a little, a little off track there, but yeah. So I mean, the the big narrative obviously was the return of these uh, of these players. Uh, well, and you know, I do want to mention, uh, yeah, Paco did not leave on the best of terms. Um, Speedy did not leave on bad terms, but I think it's also it's just very disappointing to see him choose to go somewhere else. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, I think Miami's um, a, a club with bigger wallets than than a lot of the yeah, other places. It's like, like, dude got paid. Yeah, I, I don't. And closer to I home too. I don't. I don't begrudge that. It's also it's cold here. He's from Jamaica. My I would, I understand why he would want to play in Miami. And then, um, I I I have no, I have nothing but positive vibes for for Richie Ballard because like he was having injury trouble, and I I don't know. I don't think that was fully like a him wanting to get out. I think oh, yeah. that was him needing to get he needed to take some time off and like get his body right and and i want to see nothing but success from from ballard Uh, yeah yeah he probably just wasn't even going to get the opportunities here so it's a very very mutual thing so yeah two of the three i think were on on amicable enough terms but i don't i don't know if you caught uh, when when they were um when lance is doing the announcements walking i i just i love how he handled all three of those and he did them all a little different when announcing them first uh (laughs) first he said uh, who was he um he did paco craig and he very much had this like not great tone to it <laughs> i always listen to nuances because i know everything's intentional and then uh speedy came up and he just very he just called he just called him devin williams that's I, I i i'm assuming for for pretty much any opposition the nicknames would not be included but for somebody yeah. who most people only know him as speedy i i enjoyed that i thought that was funny and then at the end was uh was uh Richie Ballard, and he said it like very quietly and quickly, just to get through it. So I, yeah, I, 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 I appreciated all those all those nuances of going through that one. Yeah, it's it was a good time because he's from Louisville. Like Ballard's the one that's the toughest for me to see played, not in purple. Yeah, yeah, and I, did, I think he's probably wanting to get through, so there weren't any cheers for the for the opposition. <laughs> so. Um, but I don't know if you know, I think Richie's uh, family was there. I think that's who that little section of uh, Miami fans were down in the uh, waterfront end, down in Scouse's oh, yeah, house. Definitely. So that was, um, that was cool to see that, that he had some support. Anyway, well, let's dive in. You want to talk about the match itself? 
yeah yeah let's get let's get into it it was uh first off it was oof, just they came, like I, they came out nerve-wracking the until like <laughs> at a certain point i was like i just want someone to score and like like i can't take this tension any longer <laughs> i was yeah again i'm just I get real nervous in the, in these scenarios. And then especially at Miami came out real hot. And I felt like at least for the first like 10, 15 minutes or so, they were probably a little bit more of the, the aggressor. And we kind of had to, to grow into the match and that just kind of unsettled me. They were, I mean, they were clearly not phased by our history, which you kind of hope your team wouldn't be phased by something like that, but they, they came out wanting to fight. Yeah, they were um, definitely aggressive um the the whole match very physical for miami the whole match it was very uh, physical and i know a lot of people took exception to the uh to the officiating which it was it wasn't until kind of closer to the end that it finally like started to get to me like towards the end particularly like the refs it feel felt like, like it got a little out of hand near the end it did yeah and the refs were doing everything in their power not to like pull a card i mean i know they carted uh paco kind of early on for his this pretty egregious tackle like I, there's, no, there's no way of getting around that one but I some mean, of those like, other situations i understand being hesitant to throw someone out of a game in the first half of a playoff match but i think he was lucky to just get a yellow on that one yeah no i i agree yeah yeah timing sometimes is a huge factor in what card is pulled or if a yeah card is i think l- later in the game that maybe is different than than that early in the game but yeah he was that, he came in way out of position from behind and not even like behind into the side, but directly behind. Yeah. He came in tackle crashing through a I think yeah. it's cam. It's cam. So, and then that, and I feel like there were several handballs in that match that were not called. It was. Odd. Yeah. I mean, we can get in to specifics, but like um, that sequence uh, Louisville city had where uh, Caldwell got like three saves and one sequence there. Um, Chapman Page for Miami, number four, literally just dove on the ball like he was the goalkeeper <laughs> at one point in that. You, you you mentioned the name and it and it made me mad again. Caldwell, Caldwell. So okay, we got yeah. yeah. We're, we're, we're I was going. wondering when we were going to get into the rant. I'll let well, you know. I, I forgot about it, and I'm fired up again now. <laughs> so, dear listeners, if you follow me on Twitter, you probably know my feelings on this already. But if you're not on Twitter, here's the situation. Apparently, one of Miami's goalkeepers at some point in time was injured, so they were down to one keeper, and so they were able to make an emergency loan signing for a goalkeeper, which is something within the realms of the rules. What they do is they go out and procure probably the best goalkeeper in the league is Mr. Jeff Caldwell and Hartford Athletic. Hartford was not a great team. And I know when we played him, we scored a bunch on him. But like he 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 made that like a lot better for them than it than it could have been. So I would I would say say the goalkeeper who's probably had the best season this year. Okay, that's right. I mean, because I do think with goalkeepers, it's a weird thing where like, if you're on a bad team, you get much more opportunities to look good as a goalkeeper than on a good team. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so that, I mean, they, so, I mean, the point is they assign somebody of, of pretty solid quality. Yeah. So that is sketch in itself that they can go out and get somebody of that caliber who after the roster who, freeze. Yeah. Who is on surface level, a bit of a, uh, probably a bit of an improvement in, in some areas, not only did they get him, but they were able to start him for the match, 
keeping one of their healthy goalkeepers that have been on their squad on the well, bench. And just to like, um, for context, it, it's not as if they have had like a rotating, like having trouble finding a keeper. Connor Sparrow for them started every game the whole season. They, so they, you know, it, he got them in the playoffs. Um, like it, it's not as if, yeah. Anyway, we'll get to my half of this later, but yeah, go on. So they were able to, to get an entirely new goalkeeper and arguable improvement big asterisks there and put him in the the squad yeah and put him in the squad and i think that is absolute insanity there seems like there is no policing around any sort of emergency loan situation like that like there has there needs to be something in place about that as far as like you can only sign somebody who has played like less than 50 percent of matches for their team or some sort of guidance where it does not it does not maybe provide an improvement well, in that position. It needs to be, or at the very least, if, if you have to get an emergency loan to replace your backup keeper, the keeper you get has to be your backup. <laughs> exactly. <the> yes, <laughs> that they cannot be the starter. They're there to serve the emergency purpose for that one injury. Or heck, make it like hockey. Like in hockey, don't they have to like sign like the team mechanic or something like goofy like that? <laughs> have you have you heard this? Have you heard those stories before? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, and I like think- that situations like that is because so some context on the on the rule that so there's a roster freeze before the playoffs in the league which is to prevent playoff teams from just raiding non-playoff teams of all the good players but you know yeah supposed to be to stop that but But anyway so this the exemption that they used you cannot use for a field player like if your forward gets hurt you you just have to find someone else the the only the only position that you can apply for an exemption for is goalkeeper because it is such a specialized position you mentioned like hockey like like if you're if your goalkeeper goes down like you don't have players who play that position it's not like the rest of and where field players are somewhat interchangeable in a way that goalkeeper is not and that is why this exemption so that you yeah. don't have a case where like a playoff team has two goalkeepers get injured and they have to put a non-goalkeeper there for a game in, a, in yeah. the playoffs. And I'm at peace with the rule like that existing. Like I'm, I'm fine with that, but to go out to get somebody like him and then start him, that's the part that blows my mind. And I was fuming before the match. Like, There's an I, under, understandable reason why the rule is there, and clearly the rule yeah. was abused. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I yeah, I think no, nobody's debating that there shouldn't be a rule like that, but it seems like it's a little too loosey-goosey. And, I, I mean, I get it that this guy's no, like, Donnarumma or, or Buffon. He's not, like, he's no, like, world beater, but, like, and, and I, I think he was, and I personally think he was probably a bit of an improvement for them. It may not have panned out in their particular situation, but the fact that it even presented itself, like imagine if this game went to PKs and then they had like him on there. And again, I don't well, know these two individuals rates for, for shot stopping on things like that, but like it, it would be hard. Like if we ended up losing in, in PKs, well, one, that would be bad that we let it get to that point in the first place. But we'd all have to be wondering to ourselves what would have happened if they had their actually own signed goalkeeper in the net instead of this uh this other guy from Hartford so I I will go pissed about it I will 
go ahead and say ahead of time before I get into my perspective on this that it's totally an abuse of that rule that definitely like <laughs> like the league needs to be looking into um but also just kind of like an insane decision from the team to do that because like Connor Sparrow started the whole season for them they they did not have like a goalkeeper rotation like to to just throw someone in there that has been with the practicing with the team for like a day and a half is insane to me like (laughs) that is not enough time to gel with the team um like I know shot stopping is shot stopping but a large portion of what a goalkeeper does is not is stuff other than shot stopping it's like communicating with the back line and getting the defense in position and like um playing the ball at the back that just there's so much you have to have such good communication between that back, back line and the goalkeeper to to just throw someone who's not even been practicing with the team in there like I don't know if I mean Louisville City fans will remember when when we had all three of our keepers get injured and had to sign an emergency <laughs> fourth keeper like midweek for a game how not good that went <laughs> like what year was that uh feck is before my time i don't recall this oh you don't okay so this was is it when scott goodwin came back no 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 this was two years ago it it was not the not the coronavirus year we had 19 we had um hubbard and binland both got injured um it might have been three seasons ago um but um and so just like emergency midweek, I think we had a, oh gosh, we had a third keeper on the roster that also was injured all, all in, a, all in, well, I mean, um, Ben Loon was, had a longer term injury. So all of this didn't happen in one week, but yeah, we had a, we had a game against, I think it was sporting Kansas city midweek where we had no, that. we had no keeper available on the team and so we had to get like an emergency uh like short-term signing um um it was oh i have forgotten his name now but Uh, i'm gonna look this up after the fact uh, i I totally i totally missed this saga yeah he was playing on like a um um p pdl team uh i think like but we had to just emergency pull someone in and it's like it every way you could imagine it going bad it went bad it was like (laughs) there was like a miscommunication on a pass back and it led to an old goal and like uh maybe i wiped it from my memory maybe that's what happened it it was i think i can't remember the score in my head i remember it being like four we lost like four three or something i but anyway, it was it was like a, it was the nightmare scenario. <laughs> but like that's why, like he was not a terrible keeper. Is what I, I just want to say. It, it was not that like he was real bad and it went bad. It was like the, you can't just come in come in cold <laughs> and be the starting keeper for a team you've never practiced with. Because <laughs> um, I wanted to mention, like digging into the stats, um, like I think. Shot stopping wise, Caldwell did have a pretty good night for Miami, but his passing was bad. Like he only had 45% passes completed on the night, which like to compare, I think Hubbard had 75%. So 
So like that, that is the big risk I, you get just throw subbing in another keeper. It's also just a huge slap in the face to the keeper that got you to the playoffs. Oh, he, oh man, that's, yeah. that's not good. Like on that regards, hopefully he has like an injury, like a, a like a, I would have to hope he has like a small knock keeping him from starting. Cause like, if he was good to go and they just like got called on alone and started in front of him, that's like, gotta really hurt your relationship with that keeper. And I, yep. I would, I would have to assume they weren't planning on signing him next year. If that's the case. Yeah. Um, Not good, but the whole situation is just, it made me mad. And for additional context, like this isn't the only situation that's happened this year, this playoff or this weekend. Uh, I, Jordan Farr from from Indy Eleven was was an emergency signee for San Antonio. San Antonio, San Antonio pulled some similar. Uh, I never, I didn't actually look. Was he replacing their? Was it their starter that got injured or their backup? I didn't. I didn't okay. look that deep into yeah. it. I, I didn't just, actually just, look in, in that one. So I just knew he he was the San Antonio too. one could have been a different situation because it yeah yeah it, but it may have been their starter that got hurt. The point being is this particular application, this emergency loan rule, I think, kind of goes against the spirit of it, and it had yeah. me. Oh, I was triggered. I still am. Like I, we can debate about whether it was an improvement or not. I think I still think goalkeepers are probably the yeah, most plug and play position. But I would say if they're going to tweak it, you would say that like the loan is for backup only. And they and, maybe and, and, and it has to be some sort of limit amount about the amount of play. Like you can't have like a regular starter from another. Yeah. Team. And like, if you have to, cause like there are situations where like your starter could like break his hand in warmups and, and they have to start, but I would say it, it should, it should be for backup only. And, and if they have to start, none of your other goalkeepers are available to sub in then yep so yeah yeah something like that so we spent far too much time talking about but i was triggered had to get off my chest yeah thank you all for listening it matter. also it didn't, didn't matter thing about it is uh uh jorge gonzalez had three goals this season coming in uh one of them was against jeff caldwell uh at hartford so that was the last time uh, he had scored too is the last time he had scored so uh it worked out good for us because jorge has his number <laughs> Yeah, he did. And it took, a, you know, speaking of that goal, it took a while to to find it. There was a lot of back and forth on, on the match. And, and we were talking before we started hitting record because we, we'd talk about half the stuff before we do record anyway. Uh, how I I felt like when I finally, like after the match, looked at the stats, I was a little taken aback because I just kind of thought that Miami had more shots and created chances. And I think maybe part of that was the... Uh, the illusion oh. of the of so because I was I was just so nervous about the encounter and how physical it was perhaps. So I think yeah, it was real physical. It, it seemed to me, um, like this like Louisville did not look like their normal selves getting the ball forward up the field. I mean, they yep. like Miami was really getting to them and disrupting their passing in a way that like I've not seen a whole lot of this season like it they they we only passed the 75 percent, which is yeah low for Lula was seemed to me for most of the the game to be struggling to get the ball forward and the, like their passing sequences were not as crisp as we're used to uh, yep. i mean part of that is just like everything tenses up for playoffs um 
but um and, and it sort of felt to me like Louisville was more spent more time even though it was not as much as usual Louisville spent more time in like an attacking position than Miami did and and got more chance like they took more shots but they were not they were shots where everyone on Miami was back on defense and they weren't like it was real all the lanes were full and they were not super dangerous shots and they had trouble actually getting it into the box for shots Mm. Uh, whereas even though Miami had fewer chances they almost all of them were on the break and I think they were there were fewer of them but they were higher quality when they happened but a lot of Miami's um chances came out of the transition and I feel like they they were getting better shots even though they were getting fewer of them yeah I think I xg wise expected goal wise level city I think was like um 1.3 and I think Miami just just got to one so uh, I mean, it was kind of close with the just like the, the Birmingham edge. game, it's sort of. It, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, that's very that's, similar to the Birmingham game. That match, yeah, that's a great comparison. It was like, it uh, was a lot of a lot of great back and forths on there. There weren't like a lot of like blown opportunities or anything. Like every every little bit had to be earned. Yeah, the Birmingham I, match was a good comparison. It's been a couple games now since Louisville has had. I, I would say they're they're like regular amount of chances created that that they've sort of averaged over the year it's been very uh their defense has also been better than than it has been the rest of the year at the same time but it, yeah. i feel like these games have been um very close defensive matches we, we've not seen a lot of like louisville really getting out and creating a bunch of really good chances like we've yep. seen at different times earlier this year yep um so what did you um, what did you think about individual performances on I guess either side of the ball? Anybody stand out? So everyone looked off that whole first half to me. I, I don't know if it was the way Miami came out and got physical, but um, it, it seemed to me like like everyone looked nervous more than I have seen from from this group in a while. I, I think. Um, um, I it ended up looking very bad for Tosh a couple times, but I think it was actually on the passer more than on Tosh. But we had like mm-hmm. a couple. I think both were in the first half, but maybe like a bad pass back to Tosh that ended up like, and then and then he got beat by the um his number ten for for Miami both times, but. Martinez, Ariel Martinez, Ariel Martinez. There were a couple like bad passes where he jumped on and then beat Tosh uh, and Hubbard. I think Hubbard, a bright spot for me for the whole match is this is probably the best game. I think I've seen Hubbard have the whole season because there were, he bailed the team out a couple of times on, on like a bad giveaway on a pass back that Mm -hmm. was an easy, like one-on-one shot that he bottled up really well and handled well um and then like i'll mention it just because he was on our side of the field so i had a better view he's on the sideline he's on our side so i i can see him really well but like um jogo to me looked a lot more tentative and nervous than than i've seen him look all year i I think he i think he rounded into form as the game went but especially in that first half i think his first couple of touches were very 
very nervous and not typical for him. And it, it seemed to me, and this could be like something Miami was doing tactically, but like he seemed really hesitant to get forward more so than I'm used to. Mm-hmm. He, he, it seemed like he was in situations where he could maybe make a run or take someone on. He was like passing back and making a safe drop-off pass. And, um, and I think, I think maybe a piece of that is for, for a lot of that first half, him and Jorge were on the same side and just seemed like their like give and go wasn't clicking. It seemed like they, they cut, they kept both running into the same spot and sort of getting, getting each other's way a little bit. And I think, I think all of that got better in the second half, but definitely in the first half, everyone seemed just a little nervous. Yeah, that's, that's apparent. I like, I like to see a more veteran presence paired up with, uh, yeah. with Joe go on the wing, but I mean, at the end of the day, it worked out. So, uh, yeah. but they, I, you know, it's one of the things they need more time, but likely neither of them will be on, on the squad next year. So no more development there, but uh, on the individual performances, I did want to call, I thought West Sharpie had a really great match. I was yes. just really impressed I was with mention, his defending. Yeah. I, I think Tosh had some bad moments that I think were not entirely his fault with yeah. some some bad passes back to him but i think sharpie had a great match all around like yeah Very he got pleased. forward a couple times and and made some great passes and yeah i think uh made some really good defensive stops um and i thought um i thought oscar looked really comfortable the whole game too mm-hmm. um yeah I'm, I'm glad he's healthy again and, and back yeah. in the mix um a little scary though he had like a one-on-one play um, and like was and had and came out of the game limping. It, it didn't look like it was anything super serious, but like he was talking with the trainers for a while and hopefully it looked like, and I'm hoping it looked like just maybe like a little bit of either a knee or ankle sprain. Was that when he came out kind of towards the yeah, end? He came out right afterward. He did not yeah. play another, like, yeah, he got in a one-on-one and went down um, after the ball went out of bounds and, and stayed there. And the trainers came out and talked about it with the trainers for a while and limped off. Um, but not, not a super bad limp, but definitely like a concerning limp. Yeah. So hopefully, um, hopefully Oscar, that. It's just like a little knock and he's good next week. Yeah. Situation definitely keep an eye on. Yeah. Well, I think we had already had the lead at that point. So I think it makes total sense. Like just go ahead and um, um, throw McMahon in. Like that's like, he's gonna, yeah. he's gonna help you get like, hold on to this point anyway. And, and it's, you don't want to risk it with Oscar, like, especially coming yeah. off an injury earlier this year. So like we said with Pat, like, you know, exactly what you're getting with him. Like yeah. what you, what you want in that kind of position is, is absolute stability, especially if there's a potential injury there, like made complete sense. Yeah. It's, I, I am just fine with putting in Pat to close out a, a lead. No. Yeah. I mean, I'm fine with starting Pat, but yeah. especially in that situation, like don't even think twice. Like if, <laughs> if Oscar goes down, put just throw him in. Don't, mm-hmm. you don't need to risk it. Yep. So. Um. Another late substitution for Gibson. I was a little surprised. I, um, after him getting minutes last week, I've expected to see him a little earlier than we saw him. I did but, too. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Especially at that, it might, might be a nice injection of, he uh, came of in and caused, 
cause trouble defensively immediately though. Mm-hmm. That's good to see him. He was looking healthy. Yeah. Yeah, I really like him. Yeah, I thought I thought that might uh, might occur earlier on, especially when neither side was able to find a goal. Yeah. Fresh legs can make a difference. So. All right. Well, did you have any other thoughts or comments on this match? I mean, we haven't talked about the goal. That's like, oh, yeah, we, yeah, I guess we, we didn't. Did. So, we we, we yeah. talked that a goal happened. Yeah, that he got uh, the goal, but the goal was gorgeous. Yeah. By the way, I um. I thought watching it live that it took a deflection just because of the path the ball took, but watching the replay, Jorge just like bit the crap out of it. I I could not believe as, as short of an amount of time as he had to get that shot off, he put that much uh, curve on it. It was just, and perfectly into the side netting, like could not have hit it any better. Just, and a a super great give and go and really tight quarters between him and, um, was it uh, was it Corbin Bone who got the assist on that? I think you're right. Yeah, I th- I'm pretty um, sure. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But yeah, like Corbin. they had four Miami players around them and managed to get off a give and go with like three inches space <laughs> to slip the ball through, and it was yeah, just beautiful play. Yeah, the the thing with that, Mr. Gonzalez, is that he's probably on our team like the most like skillful on on the ball, yeah. and so you get you get those those moments of brilliance like that from from somebody with him with just like what he what he brings to the pitch yeah like so it's so I, i'm glad it panned out and he and he scored i mean he's i know he still has a has some, some developing to do and he's still very young he's like what 21 yeah 23 yeah, so. yeah he's still very he's still very young but like he is so skillful and that i mean you, you could totally see that in that shot yeah so paid off dividends it took a little while to finally find that one. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I was, it was pretty typical. I was stressing out. <laughs> it's pretty typical of the night. It's, you watch that, and, like, they had no space to work with. Like, Miami was hounding everyone who got anywhere near the box that whole game. And, like, they just got he, – he just got barely enough daylight to get that shot off. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so props to Miami. I mean, like, I think it was overall an extremely good defensive outing from them. And Louisville had to work really hard for everything they got. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we certainly. I mean, we certainly had to earn that win. Yeah. I mean, because what they were fourth in their division, so they had a. T- I mean, the Atlantic was a tough group. Yeah. Um. Did you have? I'm trying to think. Yeah. So they scored. That was in the what minute? Seventy fourth. Seventy fourth. Yeah, guys. If they if they had waited like five more minutes to score, I think I was going to develop an ulcer. Like it was, especially uh, both teams had had like a a ball cleared right off the line in a scrum, like near near chances turned around so many times. Um, uh, but yeah, and then I actually felt really comfortable after the goal though. Like they they closed that out really well. I thought like I. I think normally it makes people a little nervous when you sub on a bunch of defenders and just like try to protect the lead, but they didn't give Miami anything at, in those last 10 minutes. It, mm-hmm. it, so I, I thought, um, yeah, I, I was thought very they proud closed of the team. out really well. Yeah, we very, switched to like a five man back line and it actually worked out well. Yeah. Yeah. Very proud of them that, to see that out, but it, I was like you as well. Like I, I was feeling pretty cautiously optimistic 
Yeah. Yeah. One up with the amount of time remaining. I'm like, I'm like, our team has enough quality to do this. Like, yeah. Despite yeah, it did, it despite did some of their woes. Question after that. Yeah. Um, I concur. Bunch of weird late game yellow cards for us. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I never, I don't, I never I found saw the what happened in. with Cam. And I didn't. I didn't go back and rewatch the game. Like he was. Uh, yeah. I, I. Do you know what what the Cam yellow card was for? No, was it, was I mean, he, like he could have. Was he, he wasting time or something? I, I didn't. He, he, he could have said. He something. was like not near know. the ball when the yellow card came out. He probably. I mean, he probably said something. He looked a little, little hot coming off the pitch. Okay. Yeah. Um. Like yeah, it's, he got one and. Um, I mean, it's just, it's something to watch for the playoffs because there is yellow card accumulation in the playoffs. Um, yeah, this got to mind their P's uh, and Q's. I don't think he can particularly gets too many. Did, did, oh, yeah, Greg, Kyle, he got one and then Kyle Greg checked it for him and got one. <laughs> it was really quick too. Yeah. Um, yeah, he checked in in the 88th minute and still got a yellow card. <laughs> um, so anyway, I, that's just something to keep an eye on moving forward in the playoffs. Because um, mm-hmm. how many do you get in the playoffs? Let's see. To test my knowledge, I knew that there was a, there was accumulation in it. Uh, I don't think it applies to the finals, though, right? I don't know. That's why I'm, that's why I'm looking it up. Uh, it's not, I don't see it listed, but yeah, it's, it's not a lot. <laughs> so it's just yeah. something to keep an eye on. <laughs> yeah. So we'll keep in close contact with that one. Um, all right. Well, that's all I had for, for this one. I think we should, uh, we should at least kind of go kind of quickly and talk about some of the, the other results yeah. around the, uh, around the league, particularly. We'll, we'll use on... that to lead into who we're playing next to. Yeah. Let's, um, we so had we'll some weird our, ones. Yeah, our, we'll start with our side of the bracket. Well, I, I just want to first off give props to our Western Conference brothers for doing us a solid. Yeah, okay, we'll start with the West. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, first first to go down was El Paso, the f- number one team out of the West, which if you'd asked me beforehand who well, number, was the team. Hmm? Number two, number one in their division. That, oh, that's what I meant. Sorry, yeah, in the mountain division. Um if you ask me who's the most susceptible for an upset, I would have said El, um, El Paso. Just like yeah. they're just one of those teams I kind of think are overrated. They don't ever play anybody. And lo and behold, the Oakland Roots, who I think squeaked into the playoffs, beat them. Yeah, I, I would say for me, they were probably the most beatable of all of the one, the all of the division winners. I think yep. um, they have struggled to score all year in a way I thought was going to be a problem for them in the playoffs. They've had a very good defense, but like just don't score much. So they're out. And even a little bit bigger of a surprise was last night, Phoenix Rising went down to uh, Rio Grande Valley in in a shootout. PKs took yep. them down. Rising no so more. It's uh, not to get ahead of ourselves, but that that means that. Regardless of who makes it out of the West, if Louisville makes the finals, it will be at Lynn. So. Love the sound of that. Love it. Love home games. But we still have a trek ahead of ourselves. So on 
uh, on the east side. So we won't dive into it, but the Birmingham Legion got a de facto advancement to the uh, to the next round because the Pittsburgh Riverhounds went out to a, allegedly to a Halloween party and there was some COVID contraction. And I'll tell you what, if that happened in Louisville City where they were they did something reckless like that and got COVID and now the playoffs because of that, I'd be fuming. I'm glad I, our team is smarter than that. Our team is smarter than that. And I guess a legal disclaimer, I do not speak for the organization, but I, I do believe last I heard the Louisville city was like a hundred percent vaccinated. I believe um, you are correct. Yeah. So that, uh, that helps with the protocols. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're not going to dive into the science of, but the, I mean, especially yeah. the play, I it's one thing for it to have in a regular season game, totally different in a playoff situation. So very, uh, very reckless decision. Anyway, so Birmingham moves on. They were deprived of their um, first uh, playoff home playoff match. Yeah. So I feel bad for their fans because I think they went at that day. It was like a sellout too. Like, yeah, that was going to be a big, big nobody, game for them. Nobody so. truly wins in that situation, but no. they're on to the next round. Well, the, and in the league's defense, like, that has to be a forfeit because you can't just oh, like, delay the playoffs. Two oh yeah, no, like, no, the, yeah. yeah the, the league's not at fault for that. They did. Yeah. I think they did the did the right thing. Yeah, that's your that's your only possible move there is to just declare that a forfeit. Yep. So Birmingham moves on, and they will now play the Tampa Bay Rowdies because the Rowdies absolutely smoked Tulsa Ooh. six to two. I I was telling because Dad asked me like, hey, what kind of team is Tulsa? You think they could beat Tampa? And I was like. Tulsa's a team this year that like they could beat a good team like four to two and then also lose to a bad team like four to nothing. Like they, <laughs> they're just like they Point they flip. play fast and they give up a lot of goals and and sometimes it works out for them and sometimes it doesn't. And it did not work out. Yeah. <laughs> this weekend. Did not work out. So Tampa Bay flexed their muscles. They're moving on. So that will be a that'll be a fun matchup. But for us. We were going to be playing the winner of the Charlotte Independence and Memphis 901. I was not yep. very optimistic that the 901 would move on. They did not. Charlotte have really turned it on in the second half of the season. Yeah. So they are, um, I mean, they're a pretty good squad, to be honest. Don't know that much about them yet. I know they have, uh, have a guy who was a former Premier League player and will be with the Charlotte MLS team next season. Fuchs, I think is his name. Okay. Am I saying that correctly? Oh, you don't don't look at me for pronunciations. Christian Fuchs. Yeah, Fuchs sounds right. Yeah. Anyway, so they uh, still got one of the Martinez's, right? I see a Martinez listed here. Yeah, they used to have both, and, but I think it's just one now. I man, I Martinez. Hate, I hate I'm playing against the Martinez's. I'm not familiar with them. Let's see career. Oh, he was with the Rapids for a while. Is it Enzo? Is it Enzo the one they still have? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he has caused trouble for for Louisville in the past, so we got a history with the Martinez brothers. Yeah, so I mean it'll be a very un- unfamiliar um, opponent. Obviously, someone we didn't play this season, and a team I'm not personally familiar with. The team I know that had done well, obviously well enough to not only get in the playoffs but advance. So I'm uh, expecting a good encounter, but as always, I'm pretty confident in Louisville City's you know abilities. We've <laughs> We, I mean, we outplayed them in the in the long run as far as standings go. And I'm looking at their 
they they've been a pretty balanced team charlotte has this year Mm -hmm. i mean like offense and defense are about the same amount above average for them they're kind of looking at my like expected goal rankings um you sort of this season like tampa bay louisville and phoenix were kind are kind of like the group at the top but they're in that like next group of teams right after that yeah so it'd be Uh, a very 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 quality opposition should be another another really good match yeah i'd imagine but i mean they have some quality defenders again that christian fuchs guy is uh is a defender yeah lock things down in the back And they can still score too. So yeah, yeah, that'll glad that's a home game. I think I I was, I was crunching the numbers for Louisville city this year and their, their home versus road splits are insane this season. Like they have been super duper home, home heavy in the stats this year. Um, Louisville city. Yeah. Louisville city has that. Yeah. The more home games we can get the better, like, uh, for we sure. scored 2.3 goals per game at home this season and 1.5 goals per game on the road. So like a, just a huge difference in the offense. The The defense was, was closer. I think it was like one to 1. 1.5. Um, but the, just a big difference in production this year, home versus road. Um, it's we, the fans that help bring the atmosphere for them. Oh yeah. It's all us. And that, the that's the only thing that's different. Yeah. And the, the pitch is a big thing. <laughs> We got a big pitch and we like it. But yeah, they're 12, two and two at home and six, five and five on the road this season. Yeah. Thankfully this will be a home one, but uh, if Tampa Bay advances, that will be our one away match. If we get there and if they get there again, let's not yes. count our, let's not count our uh, chickens before they hatch. I, I think that Tampa Bay um, Birmingham game is going to be a good game. Oh, that's going to be a fun I mean, one. Yeah. Tampa is also another team that has been insanely dominant at home. Oh man, is season. their match at the same time as ours? Um, yeah, no, it they, is. they start off. They, they they kick off a half hour earlier. That's like the same. That's the same for all intents and purposes. That's whatever. <laughs> it's I got half a, hour earlier for all intents and purposes. Whatever. I got a I got a wedding anyway, so it's not like I can watch either of them live. Yeah, that's. Um, they did this with the first round too, but every game kicks off a half an hour after the one before it all night. So it's seven, the Tampa Bay Birmingham games at seven. Ours is at seven 30. Um, I'd like some deeper staggering. So, uh, yeah, so we can watch them, but whatevs, whatever. So. All right, uh, man. Um, you guys talk think- about the West coast matchups. It's, Orange County and um, uh, we just t- we just touched on the upsets. Yeah, yeah. It, you, you Orange County and uh, uh, Oakland, and then San Antonio plays Rio Grande Valley. So yeah, I mean, uh, Orange County and San Antonio would probably be the the favorites on paper, but I mean, yeah. the West Coast but is the, a simulation. You just pulled some big upsets. So. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, just yeah, don't count anybody out at this point. Yeah. Um, so we will see what comes out from that side, from that league. As far as um, NWSL playoffs go, since, let's switch gears because there were some uh, some matches that just happened. Some yeah, it, we uh, I mean this relates to us because we get to 
this this determines who we're gonna get to see here on the 20th yeah we got we got some stakes in it um yeah so uh er, the early game uh was chicago and gotham um and chicago got the win um which yeah so that's it's kind of sad that that is that ended carly lloyd's career mm-hmm. yeah um center pack i think, and I think a lot of people both. like we've made some friends with some of the gotham podcast people uh and also just with the whole carly lloyd thing i think they had a lot of people rooting for them so it's kind of sad yeah to see them i was out. i was cheering them on yeah <laughs> and then um uh this one just ended not too long ago but uh spirit uh ended up holding off north carolina in overtime 1-0 so they'll they advance yeah i was i kind of figured that it'd probably be the spirit but it was close yeah it was close very one. close close match took, took overtime to do it oh my god there were a ton of shots yeah 33 for the spirit uh, and 21 for north carolina i had to leave midway through but the the first half i watched like it was a it was quite the goalkeeper showing it was a bunch of saves oh my god yeah the, the, 13 on target shots for the spirit eight for north carolina yeah it was a yeah they were getting pelted yeah yeah so i, I so mean that means... good i still think i wouldn't be surprised if it goes chalk for uh, i think both the home team yeah both home teams won and i would not be surprised to see that happen again next week too yep it'll be that so it's rain versus spirit and thorns versus the red stars so you're saying rain thorns that if i had to pick that i think that's probably i think home field advantage will be a big deal on both those yep i think that's i think that's completely fair so down the four potential teams that will be coming to louisville yep. it's exciting and down to uh Less than five thousand seats, seat seat seats left. Uh, if you want to get tickets, I, I saw yeah, they I, think, I saw they passed five thousand sold. So this passed uh, fifty or uh, five thousand five hundred. Fifty five hundred. There we go. Yep. So I mean, they're ticking up there, and again, we don't even know who's coming yet. Nope. Ticket sales will, I, will launch up once. If you're uh, on the fence, done. get them now because I think they're going to really start to sell fast once those games finish next week. Yep. Yep. That's going to be a lot of fun. I've been looking forward to it. Yeah. So. so, Zach, while I'm thinking of it, I believe you have done a little bit of uh, writing regarding the NWSL recently. Oh, have you yeah. Not? I, I was super fortunate. Uh, I got invited by um, Soccer Dossier. is like a, um, a women's college soccer like draft, uh, I guess, prognostication and, and player ranking website they, they're at they're at for, for anybody who wants to check them out they're at soccer dossier s-o-c-c-e-r-d-o-s-s-i-e-r i can't spell so i would appreciate somebody spelled dossier to me <laughs> <laughs> so i'm doing that for whoever else is in the same boat as me <laughs> yeah they do they put up uh like highlight videos for players and do like positional rankings and, and draft stuff so um i got asked to play the part of racing in their mock draft they're i think they're gonna they're planning on doing a couple. This was the first one. Uh, Mr. And it GM. Last week. Yep. Yeah, I got to fi- finally got to have a say for once. Um, <laughs> and, and I do believe that that uh, 
that the recap of the draft on the site did give me a shout out for racing have a particularly good draft in the first mock draft. So hire him, bring him in. <laughs> so what what did you learn? I imagine you got to see a little bit of tape and learn a little I, bit about the prospects. How's the how's the pool looking? I can't say I'm. Very I learned familiar. that it is exceptionally hard to find, like. <laughs> Articles and player rankings for women's college soccer. Uh, um, I I think there's maybe like a um, a market to fill. Uh, one of the things that soccer dossiers tried to fill, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I had a lot. I had a hard time finding like consistent, uh, you know, just base rankings to go off of. So I had to watch a lot of highlight tape um i did it does seem like the the strategy is just pick whoever's available from florida state this year uh i think i think in the mock draft they had three players go in the first round and had several more go after that still not shabby at all that's florida state's loaded this season so uh, yeah uh not a lot of I had sort of wanted to throw a pick in the fourth round to like somebody local, but not a lot of local players sort of in the, in the draft pool this, this year. No, so. no more Aminas. Yeah. No more Aminas. I think. Uh, and, and I think moving forward, a lot of the local players are going to be in our Academy. And so hopefully don't even go through the draft at all. Um, yeah, we'll see. I think the I think the jump between the academy and playing in the NWSL is going to be a bit wider than than that of the men's side and uh, and the USL. Yeah, being optimistic about our academy. Yeah, uh, I, ho- I hope that does eventually happen, but I think that that could be well. And I, I don't know how. Yeah, it, there's a lot of stuff to be worked out in the CBA. So I, who knows? Who even knows how the academy will work? Yeah, as far as draft rights go and things. Um, yeah, but anyway, we will see. Um, but yeah, it was really fun. Uh, I looking forward to doing it again a little closer to the draft. I think um, we still are not positive what the draft order will be <laughs> in, for the first round because I don't think they've decided between um, San Diego and Angel City for the first pick, and and Louisville has that Angel City pick. So it, as far as the mock draft went, we had the second pick, but I think that still could end up being the first pick. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed. I mean, you, you got to assume it's like, what, 50 50 chance? Yeah, I think so. Also, I, I was noticing because uh, one thing that made it kind of complicated this season is that a bunch of players got picked last year that went back and played another year in college. So it's hard to keep track of who was actually <laughs> eligible this year. Yeah, we're going to um, have a big, big, like seemingly big injection of, of talent for next yeah, year. I, by my count, if, if the players, uh, like Parker Goins and the other players we picked uh, last year come. That's We have three players we drafted last year that, that we never signed because they went back to play. And then we've got five picks as of right now and this year. So that's, that's eight players just out of the college draft next year. Um, and and still, I, who knows? I, I, we could still make some trades and that could change before the draft even, so. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, I imagine we're going to see a lot of moves on that almost sooner than later, you know, probably some, uh, some sort of coach announcement. And then, you know, December yeah, I, will be the actual. I don't think like, you're going to hear anything about that until there's a coach, but yeah. So. And I think that's, I mean, 
That's got to be sooner than later. I would have to think the deadline for signing the coach is before the draft. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't think you want to go through an entire draft without having your coach yet. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too, I wouldn't be happy about that. So I, I'm, yeah, that would not be good. So I'm, and that's, I'm hoping that they're, they're honing in on a target. Right I mean, now. that gives us a month basically because drafts early December. So, yep. so, so we will see. All right. Well, Zach, I don't know about you, but I think that's all, all I got. We cover a lot of ground today. Yep. Cover a lot of ground. So ladies and gentlemen, as always, thank you very much for, for tuning in and thank you for the state of Louisville for hosting. Everybody get their tickets for next week. Yes. Make sure you get your tickets for next week. Make sure you get your tickets for the NWSL final. Score a little earlier in that one. Make it a little less nerve wracking. Yeah. Yeah. I want that one to blow out. Let's yeah. I'd love that. Oh, that man. tends to happen when I'm not around some sort of thrilling match. So I won't be there. So yeah, you're not allowed to come for the rest of the playoffs. Then <laughs> if, if next week's a blowout, I do not want to see you <laughs> in future games in this playoff. <laughs> it's my, my duty not to be in attendance. <laughs> you can watch yeah. from your phone at the wedding. Yeah. What, whatever works. We'll, we'll, we'll date. We'll do it. So, all right. Well, I'm going to let these fine people move on upon their day at the next uh, episode in their podcast uh, podcast queue. My name is Benton. So you can check me out at purple SDF on Twitter. I like to think I'm a fun follow. So check me out. Hi, my name is Zach. You can find me on Twitter at Zach W. Allen. I am definitely not a fun follow. He's a fun follow. <laughs> Go check him out. People give the man some love. Did you see that? I very, I very, uh, very confidently predicted that Caldwell wouldn't start for Miami. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, did, undefe- I didn't go I'm back undefe- and say anything, but I saw undefe- it. I'm undefeated on the hot takes. <laughs> so, I mean, in a way you can figure out what's going to happen by looking at where Zach predicts and like, well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I'll pick the opposite of that. Michael's had to start trying to publish our prediction columns as soon as we finish writing them because last time two of mine, <laughs> two of mine became impossible before it even published. Zach, you're a mess. <sighs> All right. Well, thank you all for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. Hopefully talking about yet another win. Bye, y'all. Bye. Vamos, brothers.